0: Well, great to be with you. Uh, My name is Paul, part of the leadership team here at Gateway. And it's a privilege to be able to speak to you. Many of you I know personally, and that makes my job a lot easier, because I feel like I'm addressing family, people that I know, and that's always really helpful when you come to share in this way on a Sunday morning. I was thinking how strange it is what we often do on a Sunday morning, Sometimes on a Sunday, I have to work. uh, I'm employed by Dorset Police. (laughs) Trying to gauge the response then. And uh, I'll drive by this building sometimes on a Sunday morning or another church building in the middle of my day. And I just think there are a bunch of people in that building or other buildings I drive past who are doing something very unusual as far as BCP Bournemouth Christchurch pool is concerned as a whole. They are having someone stand up and teach them from a book. And their intention is to model their lives around the teaching from this book. And more than that, during the week, a lot of them take this book as part of a community Bible reading scheme or group. And they text each other stuff that they've read and ways in which they feel God has spoken to them day. And more than that, some of you I know will pick up your Bible during the week on your own and pray, God, speak to me. I want to hear what you're saying to me. And I just reflected, that's a very unusual thing, but that's what we do. And it's because we believe and we know that God's word is just that. That God has seen fit to give us this book, these 66 writings, this human and divine book through which we understand how good and how great God is and how screwed up we are and how much saving we really need and God announces as we read the Bible that he wants to enter a love covenant with us he wants to join us to himself and forgive our sins and love us and be with us forever and one day draw us to Himself. And through the Bible, we not only understand that, but we understand how, therefore, we should live in BCP right at this moment, be you a student, older, younger, single, married, whatever. And so we do value the Scripture, which is why I'm doing this unusual but very valuable thing this morning. And it's why we have the Bible open each week. And uh, one of the authors of one of the books in the Bible, a guy called Paul, put it like this. The Bible is useful. He goes on to say, in what way it's useful? He said it's useful for teaching us, for training us, so that we can live in a way that is equipped to please God. That's really good and succinct, isn't it? And that is why we always should spend time giving Bible a place in our life. Now, we're looking over the summer at a series entitled Jesus, Man of Action. It's six preaches and based on Mark's account. Now, Mark was a first-century Christian. He didn't actually know Jesus personally, but he made it his mission to gather together and to put down on paper or parchment scrolls, as it would have been in those days, an account of the life of Jesus from the moment he hit the streets, aged about 30, to the moment he was maliciously put to death by a mob three years later. It's 16 chapters long, and you can read it in one and a half hours. So if you've got time this week, a couple of coffees, sit down, and in one and a half hours, you can hear beginning to end Mark's account of the life of Jesus. And it's written in simple English. It's like picking up the sun or the news of the world. It's that sort of language, and it hits you between the eyes. So, a challenge to you. And if you're not a reader, you can press the speaker button on your iPhone, and someone will take you through it. So what we're going to do then is we're going to read a chapter together, or part of a chapter. This is part four of the six entitled Jesus Man of Action, and we're going to dive into one of the chapters that Mark has written for us to help us understand about this Jesus Man of Action. So if you have a church Bible, you can turn with me. I'll give you the page number. We've plenty on the shelves if you wish to grab. I know some of you will have brought them, and some will have your good old electronic devices. So we're going to be diving into Mark chapter 6. And we'll be reading from page 1009. So Mark chapter 6, 1009. <clears throat> and in my Bible, it's called Jesus Feeds the 5,000. And the title, if you like of this morning's message, is Feeding Thousands. So starting at verse 30, Mark chapter 6, page 1009. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught then because so many people were coming and going and they did not even have a chance to eat he said to them come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place but Many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Sounded like a good idea. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Well, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves, uh, two fishes. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundred and fifties take the five loaves and the two fish sorry taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks and broke the loaves then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people he also divided the two fish among them all they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. So the context is Jesus, close friends, his disciples had been out on a mission week. He said to them, go out What I want you to do is to go into a town, and if they welcome you, go into their homes, pray for people who are sick, and anoint them with oil. And if you sense there's some demonic activity, cast out the demons in my name, and teach them that they need to repent and be done with their old ways of life, and own my forgiveness. So that's what they've been doing the last week. They come back to Jesus, and they are super excited. So much they want to say has been happening but they are super exhausted. And Jesus recognizes this. So he says to them, why don't we go away somewhere solitary, just a few of us, and then we can rest together. His words are, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now the scene is a bit like, um, a bit like, Paul, in a way, they're a lovely, massive lake with lovely green areas alongside. And it's as if, imagine Jesus had been teaching on Paul Key. When he'd finished his teaching, he got in a boat, and he says to his disciples, why don't we go by ourselves somewhere quiet, and we can rest and relax. So they decide to row out the harbour round to Hamworthy lakes, you know, with a pier, nice and peaceful backwater of the harbour. But then word gets out that they're heading there So loads of people from Wimborne, from Westbourne, from Paul, from Bournemouth, from Christchurch, 5,000 of them, message each other, look at the geo-coordinates and head over to Hanworthy Pier. And the disciples are thinking, just Jesus and us. And as they row to Hanworthy Pier, (coughs) and the disciples are, oh no, and Jesus is, I love these people. And he says, Why? They're like sheep, and they need a shepherd. And he started to teach them, and later he fed them. And that's what Jesus is like. And if I had a first point, it would be that Jesus cares for you and for me. It's interesting, Jesus said to his own, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. I think we realize the value of those things, particularly when we look back, hands up if you've ever been to one of those Christian holiday camps. You've gone away with others, and you've found yourself just worshipping Jesus, praying, hearing people teach to you in a way that you can't ordinarily do when you're in your own home, or your normal routine doesn't allow that. And you realize that these times are very special. I remember when I was about 10 years old, I actually became a Christian. And it wasn't in my home church. It was when my parents paid for me to go to a Christian camp as if I'd gone away with Jesus with some others and that week I just understood afresh God loves me and at the age of 10 I put my hand up and I went to this guy's tent at the end and he introduced me to Jesus it's a wonderful thing and then for the next 20 years every year he would write to me and encourage me to stay true in my faith to Christ wonderful I think it's really significant a couple of weeks ago some of you went out to Fox Lease hands up yes and some of our youth under Vicky's inspirational leadership went away for a few days together they took themselves off and spent time with Jesus I understand you were worshipping and praying having fun hearing someone teach to you from the Bible and came back really fired up to live for Jesus and in two weeks time the leadership here, I think there's going to be 20, 30 of us, they're so heading over to the Purbex for two days. And why are we doing that? Because we hear Jesus' instruction, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. We're going to be praying, we're going to be worshipping, we're going to just be holding out everything we're doing as a church to God and asking him to breathe afresh on us. And we need those times, don't we? So let me just encourage you as an individual, if you feel, I know some of you do a bit fractious life's got on top of you, you're not sure where God is anymore, or you've lost your way in life, hear Jesus' invitation this morning to you, come by yourselves, with me, get some rest. And that might just be an afternoon where you read through the 16 chapters of Mark or have someone read it to you. Maybe you grab a mate and say, let's just go for a walk for the afternoon into the evening, let's just find Jesus again. That's wonderful if you can do that. Maybe, I'm sure some of you here are like the crowd. The crowd had heard some stuff about Jesus. He'd done some miracles. He could handle demons. They'd seen people get better, and they were just curious about Jesus. So they raced around the lake to see what it was all about. I'm sure some of you are like that this morning. You've heard about Jesus, you're curious, you're not sure about this becoming a Christian thing. Just know this morning that just like Jesus and that crowd, he looks at you and has compassion on you. He knows where you're at and he wants to teach you and feed you because he is the good shepherd and he knows how to look after sheep. The question is, will you allow yourself to be one of those that he can love and teach and draw to himself? So I say that heartfelt sincerity this morning if you don't know Jesus the way many of us do an invitation to you and Jesus said of himself come and learn from me because I am gentle and I am humble and you'll find rest in your soul that's what we need isn't it peace and quiet's okay but we need rest in our soul we need to know everything is right between us and our maker and that's why we need to come Second thing I'd say is Jesus saves. Read in verse forty-one: Taking five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he broke the bread, having given thanks, and gave it to his disciples. He divided the fish also, and they all five thousand at least ate and were satisfied. And I think I know why Mark included so many details there, because just a few chapters later, in chapter 14, the night before Jesus is about to be handed over by a mob, killed and crucified, Mark records those events and he says this, the night before that happened, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it his disciples and said, this is my body. I think Mark's included these details, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus breaking the bread, because he knew that just a few months or a year or so later, Jesus would be saying those same words that he'd be talking about himself this time. Jesus did say of himself, and it's recorded elsewhere in the Bible, he said, I am the living bread, that came down from heaven and if anyone eats this bread he will live forever for this bread is my flesh which i give for the life of the world so if you want to be satisfied really satisfied in your soul and your heart then you come to the living bread the bread that came down from heaven and that is jesus it's why often we celebrate communion together because we recognize that Man doesn't live by bread alone, but lives by every word, the word that comes from God. That is Jesus. So when we get the chance again, we'll break open the wine and the bread, and we'll remember and we'll celebrate Jesus, the living bread, who was broken for us, and we'll come and we'll feast on him. And that's what we love to do together, isn't it? It's a very special time. So Jesus said, I am the living bread. His Father in heaven said, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By knowledge of him, my righteous servant will justify many and will bear their sins. Father and son working together to provide the means by which we can truly be satisfied and be fed in our soul. Isn't that wonderful? So again, I just say this morning to you, if you know Jesus, then revel in the fact, the bread of life who feeds us and nourishes us and who gave his life up for us. Final thing I'd like to say is, maybe what I'll entitle Jesus resources. i either read that as Jesus resources, as in Jesus has the resources, or Jesus resources, active. Jesus likes to provide what's needed. I think either way works when we look at this last part. Verse 35, the crowd of 5,000 People are hungry and it's really late, and the disciples have this great idea send them away. And Jesus says, No, why don't you give them something to eat? So they do the maths 5,000 people, three pounds a head, 15,000 pounds, half a year's wage or more. Jesus, that isn't going to work. So Jesus says, Well, what do you have? So they look around and they manage to rustle up these five loaves and two fish. And in Jesus' hands, it turns out to be more than enough. Wonderful, isn't it? I reckon that the 12 baskets at the end were more than they had to start with. How does that work? I don't know. That's God's economy, isn't it? How you can give five loaves and two fish to Jesus, he feeds 5,000 and then says, there we are, there's more leftovers than you had to start with. I don't know how that works. But that's the the wonderful mystery of God's economy. And when we tap into it, and when we make our all available to him, that's what he is in the habit of doing. And I know, because I said earlier, I know some of you quite well, you've proved that to be the case. A little while later, it's interesting, because just later in this passage... When this episode is finished, Jesus says, I'm going to hang around here, guys. Everyone's been fed. They've now gone on their way. And I'm just going to pray to my father. And the disciples said, well, we'll go home. So they all jump in a boat and they start rowing home. It's the middle of the night and then this storm blows up. And they're really struggling with the oars. Jesus, meanwhile, has finished his prayer time. So he decides to walk home across the lake. Pardon? (laughs) He decides to walk home across the lake. That's all Mark says. And he sees them struggling. So he gets in the boat and he says, shut up, wind, and the wind does. And the disciples are totally amazed. And Mark records something interesting there. He gives the reason why they're amazed. Because they had not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. What? They were amazed and Jesus said, why are you amazed? Don't you remember about the loaves? Your Your hearts are really hard. And if that wasn't enough... A couple of chapters later, the same thing happens again. This time, Jesus, mountainside, hungry, don't go home, you feed them. How much have you got? Seven loaves and a few fish. Jesus breaks the bread, gives it, everyone's fed. Seven baskets left over, probably more than they had to start with. A little while later, in the boat rowing, disciples have argument. Jesus said, what's going on? What are you arguing about? We're arguing about bread and food. So Jesus says, "I'm sure he did that on Peter's forehead. <laughs> Don't you get it? When I fed 12, uh, when I fed 5,000 people, how many baskets were left over? Uh, uh, 12, right? And when I fed 4,000 people, how many baskets were left over? Uh, seven. Are you really thick?" Don't you hear? Don't you see? Are your hearts still hard? Don't you understand? When I read that, I just thought, wow, he wants his disciples to see and he wants us to see. It wasn't just about Jesus feeding the people that were there. It was how much was left over. Jesus can take what little we have, meet a need, and then there end up being a surplus at the end greater than what was made available to him to start with. If I was a Pentecostal preacher, I'd say, can I have an amen? (laughs) But that's what Jesus' economy is all about. And I think he'd say to us this morning, um, one or two things. One big thing that really came to mind is we're in a particular season as a church at the moment. We've had this crazy idea we'll flatten the hall at the top and that we'll then erect this modern building next to it. And we've done the sums, and we've got a few thousand in the bank. And then we've had a quote from the builders, and they're reckoning a few million. It's probably ten times more than we've currently got at the moment. And you're thinking, this is craziness. Shouldn't we somehow have a thermometer outside the church and get the community to give, and maybe have some raffles and tombolas and wait until the money increases? And that really challenged me when I read this, and I think it... Something we need to hear as a church family. When I broke the five loaves, how many baskets were left? Twelve. When I broke seven loaves for 4,000, how many did you pick up? Seven. Don't you understand? So I think God would have us understand this morning that we may not have a lot. You may be a low income family. You may be unemployed, you may be a student, you may be scraped together what you need each month. And I say that because I read some stats this week that said, of the 10% of this country's poorest people, a sizable chunk live in poor. So poor, Sandbanks-wise, looks rich, but a lot of us don't have loads of dosh. And here we are seeking to honour God by doing this big project. It really struck me again that, Where we need to start is understanding that Jesus is able to take what little we have, that we make available to him, and as we do so and trust him, watch what he will do. He invited the disciples to be part of this amazing miracle on more than one occasion and used it as a platform for teaching. I don't just meet the need, he was saying, look at how much was left over. How Jesus can give us more than enough. So, I want to say as we approach this particular project over the next few months, over the next couple of years, even, let's have our eyes on this Jesus and his economy. Let's make available to him these few loaves and fish that we may have. And let's believe that God will breathe on them. Last week, we had three guys preaching on the stage here. I don't know if you remember. One of them will. I think he's here. This morning, not sure. Will Stevens said to us, faith is the normal natural response to what we know about Jesus. What we've seen Jesus do, what we've heard him do, lays, paves the way for us to place our trust in him for what he'll do in the future. So we need to gird ourselves at this time, I think, when we're Considering this massive project that we lay out all before Jesus and see what he will do. I just think, in closing, on a kind of a personal level as well, Jesus is more than you need, he'll restore your soul. He is the good shepherd who knows what you need. And when you make yourself warts and all available to him, he'll come in and embrace you. He'll forgive you and accept you. And that's what he offers us this morning, the real bread who came down from heaven. Uh, isn't it wonderful that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior? He knows us. We're his sheep. He's the good shepherd. And wherever we're at in life, and trusting our all to him is where we need to be. I was reminded as I was just preparing of a guy at work called Neil. Neil's a work colleague, works in my office. He had a pretty rocky road in life. He had a couple of failed marriages. And, um, yeah, it wasn't a pretty life. But then he came across a young lady who was a Christian, part of a local church. One thing led to another, and she led him to the Lord fantastic and i had the privilege of going over to shell bay to his baptism and there were a bunch of us maybe about 20 30 of us applauding him as he waded into the sea someone splashed him in the water and he put his hands up in celebration i think that's what it's about lives being changed if i just pray for us Yeah, Father, I thank you, you have given us your word, the Bible. I thank you, Lord, that you've shown us, even this morning, that you're a living God. That King Jesus, you died a horrible death, but you rose miraculously, ascended into heaven where you are now, hearing our prayers, receiving our praise, sending us your Holy Spirit, drawing us to yourself. One day you will return in person to gather those of us that are still here to you forever. Lord, this is amazing stuff. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are the good shepherd who cares for us, your sheep. It's so reassuring. You are the living bread that came down from heaven, truly satisfies us. And Jesus, we place into you personally and corporate you, corporately, all that we have all that we are finances and all we don't want to be stingy you showed us that your economy is wonderful you showed us that if we offer all that we have and all that we are to you you can not only meet needs but make a surplus greater than there was to start with lord we don't want to be hard-hearted like the disciples we hear we see what you've done for them and we hear you are saying to us this morning be people of faith look at me look at what i've done expect great things from me thank you lord jesus amen